100 years ago in 1920, the 19th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States was signed into law and officially granted 20 million American women the right to vote. This mass expansion in voting rights was the result of generations of intense activism known as the women's suffrage movement that has had a lasting legacy on the continued fight for equality in America. In recognition of the struggles and achievements of a once disenfranchised majority, Preservation Maryland is honored to present our contribution to the national efforts illuminating this important history, Ballot and Beyond. Hello, I'm Diana Bailey, Executive Director of the Maryland Women's Heritage Center. We're thrilled to partner with Preservation Maryland by expanding the Ballot and Beyond podcast project with stories of valiant Maryland women who worked for suffrage. In addition to featuring suffragists, several of these new podcasts also represent significant women whose historic contributions and achievements have led to their induction into the Maryland Women's Hall of Fame. Our mission at the Maryland Women's Heritage Center is to add her story to history to tell our story in all aspects of our lives. We are especially concerned with representing the critical intersectionality of race and gender in the history of the suffrage movement. As new documentation comes to light, we are sharing the important contributions of African Americans and many other diverse women and men who sought equality, inclusion, and justice for all. Enjoy the podcast and continue to share their stories. This episode of Ballot and Beyond was written and read by Kathy Santora, a volunteer with Maryland's Women Heritage Center. Here comes the story of a woman of many firsts, Mary Rousteau. In 1922, just two years after the 19th Amendment empowered women with the right to vote, Harford County citizens elected Jarrettsville resident Mary Eliza Waters Rousteau to the Maryland House of Delegates. Critics saw her campaign as scandalous. However, Ristow, or Miss Mary as she was known to her Harford County neighbors and friends, became the first woman elected to the Maryland House of Delegates. Actually, in her lifetime, Mary Ristow was the first woman to step into many public roles in Maryland. Voters later elected her as the first woman in the state Senate. She was also the first woman to serve on Maryland's State Board of Education. Ristow was the first woman delegate to the 1936 Democratic National Convention held in Philadelphia. And in 1937, the Third Circuit Court of Harford County appointed Ristow as the first female clerk of the Circuit Court of Harford County. She was a groundbreaking career politician at a time when most women had few career choices. Mary Ristow was born on April 4, 1890, near Towson. Her father was a sheriff and local auctioneer. After completing a course of study in mathematics at Johns Hopkins University in 1917, she began her career as a Baltimore teacher. As with most natural leaders, Ristow joined organizations that promoted social causes early in her career. She was active in the Baltimore County Teachers Association and the Baltimore County Teachers Retirement Association, as well as in the Towson High Alumni Association. She taught school from 1908 to 1917. As a teacher, she is still remembered for collecting $600 in pennies from students to purchase a portrait of Cecilius Calvert, second Baron Baltimore, from its painter, Florence McCubbin. The painting still hangs today in the Maryland House Chamber. 
As a young woman, Ristow traveled frequently between Canada and the U.S. and was said to have accumulated a wide circle of friends. Between 1909 and 1917, several tragedies devastated her family and changed the direction of her life. First, her twin brother drowned near Towson. Then her father died of a long-time intestinal ailment. Another brother passed away just two weeks later. Devastated, Ristow and her mother then moved to Harford County to take over Eden Manor, a 400-acre family farm near what is now Jarrettsville. For the next four years, Ristow taught herself the hard work of farming and came to understand the science of agriculture and the unique challenges faced by farming families. These years came to be a great influence on her when she went to represent rural Harford County in Annapolis. Ristow announced her run for the Maryland House of Delegates in August 1921. She clearly outlined her priorities. Quote, I want to go to the legislature because I am interested in the problems of farmers' wives. I have been a farmer for four years now, although when I first came to undertake the management of Eden Manor, my farm, the men at my old home said I would not stay a night. I expect to stay here many years, and I want to see the rural schools in Harford County brought up to the highest standards that can be attained in country schools. These two phases of the farmer's life the development of agricultural opportunities and educational advantages will be my interests if I go to the legislature." Unquote. Never described as a political firebrand, Rousteau was instead regarded as a plainly dressed, quiet, and cautious woman. She had a reputation as knowledgeable about many subjects and deeply passionate about the art and science of farming, the well-being of teachers and children, as well as the importance of fair government. During her first campaign, she spoke at graduations, farmers' picnics, grand meetings, and other community gatherings. After her speeches, campaign workers handed out pamphlets supporting her election. Harford County solidly supported her. Her 1922 victory sent her to the Maryland House of Delegates and started her path to a long and visible political career. She was elected to the House again in 1924, 1931, in 1933, and to the Senate, serving through 1937. Her legislative agendas tended to focus on agricultural supports. She also supported a bill that granted women the right to serve in high public offices. She advocated for education issues, including the Equalization Plan, which set a minimum teacher salary by subsidizing poor counties. She backed funding for public library expansion, consumer protections, support for the Chesapeake Bay and its fishing and oyster industries. Also, she supported the establishment of the State Teachers College at Salisbury. She was influential in passing the bill that changed the name of the state's normal schools to teachers colleges. Against some political pressure, she opposed prohibition, believing that such laws would not change behavior. Her legislative accomplishments proved to any doubters of that time that women have the ability to negotiate complex legislative issues. In 1935, Ristow's mother died. To ease her grief, she looked for a new endeavor and enrolled as a law student at the University of Baltimore. It had been her lifelong dream, and she received encouragement from one of her supporters, Maryland's Governor Albert C. Ritchie. In those days, she drove 60 miles to school, attended five nights a week, and completed a three-year degree in two and a half years. 
1937, Risteau also briefly sought the nomination to the U.S. congressional seat from Maryland's 2nd District. She didn't shrink from hardline campaigning, reminding potential voters that the incumbent, Harry Street Baldwin, frequented Pimlico horse races and Florida betting rings instead of attending to his congressional duties. She lost the election, but Harford County soon appointed her as clerk of the circuit court. This position in downtown Bel Air, closer to home, allowed her to balance her farm duties with her professional career more easily. At the end of her career, she continued to play the organ and teach Sunday school at the Christ Episcopal Church in the Rock Spring Parish in Forest Hill. She lived out her days at the family's farmhouse and Christ Episcopal Church parishioners stayed connected to her as she aged. When talking with others about her life, she reminded them that she had and lost a twin brother and it had greatly influenced her. She told a biographer, quote, I was born with equal rights. I had a twin brother, unquote. Her brother had been interested in politics, so she may have entered politics as a way to honor him as well as her own interests and passions. Mary Risteau died in 1978 and is buried in the William Waters Memorial Church Cemetery in Jarrettsville. Today, the Mary E. Risteau State Office Building in downtown Bel Air carries on the spirit of her legal, political, and agricultural career and life in Hartford. It is the home of the district court and various state offices. Bel Air's popular farmer's market takes place in its parking lot each Saturday between April and December. Risteau's portrait, painted by James Warner, hangs today in the ceremonial courthouse of the Harford County Courthouse. In keeping with her lifetime of firsts, this portrait was the first of a woman to hang in the Harford County Courthouse. Thank you to our many Maryland's Heritage Center volunteers who researched, edited, and brought these stories to the community by reading these podcasts. Researchers and historians are always seeking information about women and their stories. Our efforts to find and document their contributions is ongoing. If you have letters, articles, memorabilia from your past or in your attic or basement, please share with us so that we can continue to fill in the unsung heroine stories for a richer understanding of Maryland women and their contributions to our history. To donate materials or to make a financial gift in support of this work, please visit ballotandbeyond.org. When you're there, you can also listen to biographies from Season 1 and see historic images and transcripts from each episode. If you're inspired by these remarkable women, please share this podcast with your friends, family, colleagues, and students. And rate us on Apple Podcasts or head over to PreserveCast.org to make a donation. Thank you. Ballot and Beyond is a multimedia history project powered by Preservation Maryland and our award-winning podcast, PreserveCast. It's produced with financial support from Gallagher, Evelius, and Jones, Attorneys at Law, and the Maryland Historical Trust. With a Heritage Fund grant from Preservation Maryland and the Maryland Historical Trust, Season 2 was researched, written, and read by the Maryland Women's Heritage Center.